All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, interesting day yesterday with Dr. Mm -hmm. Bonnie Henry releasing some of these long-awaited statistics on vaccination rates by healthcare professionals. What jumped out at you there? What jumped out at me was the fact that uh, the, the vast majority of health professionals uh, are vaccinated, and that's yeah. very encouraging. So the average was almost 94%. They, had, they released the stats for 20 different professions. Right. And again, I think you and I talked about it before. No surprise that the three lowest naturopaths. Yeah. Um, naturopaths were 69.2% yeah, vaccinated. Which is very, a very low rate, yeah. but not surprising. Uh, chiropractors, again, because their college, they were going to try to pass a motion against vaccination. So again, they came in at under 80%. 78.1%. Yeah. And um, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists as well came in below 80%. 79%. Yeah. And massage therapists, interestingly, I think they were at like 87%. 87.9% for yeah. massage therapists. So 20 professions, 16 of them were over 90% uh, based on the data that was made available. But four of them, and uh, of, of those, about 10 were over 95%. The, the highest rates of, of vaccination in those professions are dietitians and doctors and, uh, and physicians and surgeons and occupational therapists. Those three all scored the highest. If you're wondering about your dentist, is your dentist vaccinated? 95.9% vaccination rate for dentists. Yeah, so that's higher, actually, than the general population rate, which is, yeah. you know, well, 93%. So that's very encouraging that uh, that was the numbers that came out. What's left unresolved is how you figure out, how you can tell whether the person providing you healthcare services is vaccinated or not. That's still, okay. being, that's still being worked on. That's the big one here, because the government is doing this because they believe this is public information that people should know, right? They should know these vaccination rates generally, but they should also know if you're, uh, the patient should know if your individual healthcare provider is vaccinated or not. And so the, right? the riddle is how do you, how do you accomplish that? Right. Um, you're not, they've already ruled out posting individual vaccination statuses on a website or anything like that. Uh, but uh, is it incumbent upon the person providing healthcare services to inform the patient of their vaccination status if they're asked? Well, let's ask, let's listen to Dr. Bonnie Henry on that precise point. Here she is speaking yesterday about whether patients should have the choice. Should they know if their healthcare pr pr uh, practitioner is vaccinated or not? Here's what she had to say. And it may be things like when you call to book an appointment, um, you're asked if you have a preference to see a, a vaccinated or unvaccinated. So we are trying to work out those details in a way that protects privacy, but also gives um, agency to people to make those decisions. It sounds like they're kind of struggling with this, of how to figure out how to do this. They've been struggling with this particular aspect for a few months now. If you recall, the original um, order was that uh, all practitioners had to disclose their vaccination status by March 24th, I believe. Uh, then that was relaxed, and it was up to the colleges, uh, which are the registers and, and um the guidelines uh, for the various professions, they were struggling with the government as well. There wasn't as much, it seems to me, as much cooperation with some of these individual colleges as there was with uh, the colleges that govern uh, people in acute care hospitals. If you could call back months ago, the rule was if you worked in a hospital, you had to be uh, vaccinated and you had to show proof of that. They've been struggling with that because these are basically private business people. These are people that have their own offices in office buildings. They're not in hospitals. They're not in acute care settings. They're in a private uh, office. And how do you actually police that? I wonder if 
we're heading towards some sort of a don't ask, don't tell policy Could that be. you're not required to disclose your vaccination status to your patient. But if you're asked, then maybe you'd, you'd be required to answer. But again, I'm right. not sure how you police that. Uh, yeah. Like, can you if you if you ask and you're not told, do you make a complaint to the college? Or what you if know? they lie to you? What if they say, yeah, I'm vaccinated, but they're really not? Yeah. And, and again, how then do you what? how do you police that? So yeah. we've gotten a re- or do you have to provide proof? Well, you know, you got to show me your vaccine card. Well, that's not the rule right now. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't think we're going to get to that point. But um, again, they're they're trying to figure this out. It, it may be based on the honor system, quite frankly. Yeah. And and you just uh, take the practitioner's word for it. But the the government's or Dr. Bonnie Henry's approach on this is that she believes that patients deserve this information. They have the yeah. right to know. Right. But, but also balancing away uh, off the privacy of the of the practitioner. How do you yeah. you know you. you is a practitioner beholden to supply that information to that one individual yeah. or to everyone in their practice you post all at the same the w- time? post it in the waiting room on the bulletin yeah. board? <laughs> and I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't think yeah. you're going to see the requirement to post this information. I think, yeah. really, we're going to get to an honor system for this. Right, okay. But again, uh, keep in mind, the vast majority of healthcare professionals are right. vaccinated. Yeah. The only exception, really, where you're, where you're probably... Uh, taking a chance if you're uncomfortable being around unvaccinated individuals is if you're seeing an acupuncturist, if you're seeing a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, or if you're seeing a naturopath. Those numbers are significantly lower vaccination rates than other healthcare professionals. Okay. Also yesterday, Dr. Bonnie Henry talking about people, encouraging people to get the third mm-hmm. dose of the vaccine. And here Booster. she is speaking about that. If you haven't got that third dose, um, go get it now. That protection is good enough to get us through Omicron. There really is very good protection from three doses for most people up to age, actually really up to age 80, um, but definitely up to age 70. Yeah, so yesterday's news conference, which again was the first briefing by Dr. Bonnie Henry and Minister Dix in more than a month. I joked on Global News it was they were putting the band back together, going on tour again. Uh, but the meat of that news conference wasn't the health practitioner rates. That could have been released through a news release. It was, all it was was a bunch of numbers. But the real message yesterday is they are concerned that now that we're opening up more and we're just accepting that COVID-19 is out there, people are relaxing to the point of not getting their booster dose. There's more than 600,000 people who have been invited to get booster doses, and they're not making the appointment. They're not, they're not meeting that. And the concern is your immunity is going to start, it will wane after two doses, after a certain period of time, particularly if you're in an older segment of the population. And they're concerned that come the fall, new respiratory illness season, where viruses travel much more efficiently and effectively, that people without a third dose are risking themselves, exposing themselves to getting this virus and potentially getting quite severely ill. So the real message of yesterday's news conference wasn't about natural paths not being vaccinated. It was about the need to get your third dose. We're, uh, the highest percentage of third doses was, is on Vancouver Island, which I think is 73%, but that's a far cry from the 92, 93%, uh, 94% second dose two, rate. Yeah, right. Uh, so, ev- you know, everybody got a second dose, but there's relatively fewer people getting a third dose, and that's a concern. Okay, what about fourth dose? Some people being offered a fourth dose. Those are people over the age of 70. Yeah. Who are, but so far only about 79,000 people have got a, got a fourth dose, but relatively few of the, a smaller segment of the population actually qualifies for the fourth dose right now. Again, it's six months after your third dose. So not a lot of people fall into that category. But again, if you're over 70, you run, you're in a high risk category of, of getting severely ill, which means going into the ICU. 
Okay, real quickly, let's talk briefly about the state of contract talks between the government and some of the public mm. sector unions. And it was interesting earlier on the show today, I heard a, a TV, a, a commercial on the show from the BC Teachers Federation yeah. and the ad saying that teachers in BC are under paid. So here we go now. This is the BCTF now on a public relations campaign. Teachers want more money. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, the BCTF, that's been the BCTF's campaign every single contract. They take out ads saying they're the lowest paid teachers relatively to Alberta and Ontario. Uh, they might as well run the same ad they ran in the last contract round, uh, which could have been the same ad from the previous contract round. The message never changes. What's different now is that uh, inflation is on the table now in a way it hasn't been for decades. When, when you've got 6 7% inflation rate, uh, that's a concern, and that's why the, the cost of living allowance argument is uh, front and center for a lot of public sector unions. But you balance that. I just talked to some, some BCGU members around the building this morning who are a little concerned. They don't want to go on strike. They point out they're losing one week's pay or two weeks' pay is worse than not necessarily getting a COLA clause. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You've got a whole generation of, of unionized workers outside of the BCTF. BCTF has been on strike. That's the one public sector union that has had job action in the past. Sure. But the BCG hasn't been on strike since, uh, since 1983, I think. There's wow. a whole bunch of people in that union have no concept of, of uh, how this actually can unfold. Uh, I think they're going to get $500 a week strike pay if they go out, which is far cry from... Uh, what they're paid regularly. So it's going to be an interesting um, confrontation between the public, the various employers out there and almost 400,000 unionized workers in the in the coming months because that's how many people are without a contract. Okay, teachers and other unionized public workers looking for those raises. They want uh, a raise to match the inflation rate, which is running, what, over 6% right now? Do you think they deserve it? Phone me and tell me what you think. I'd love to hear from you if you're one of these affected workers. If you're a teacher, call me, 604 9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. We also talked about those vaccine rates. Do you believe you have the right to know if your dentist, your physiotherapist, your chiropractor is vaccinated or not? Let me know on the open line. 604 9898 is the number to call. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. It's Baldry's Beat. This is Mike Smith. Back with your calls. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Right to your phone calls, Ray in West Van. Hi, Ray. Yeah, hi. Uh, it's, uh, I'm just speaking to the uh, fact that uh, the doctors not divulging their um, their status, vaccine status, is, um, you know, it's getting into the neighborhood of being unconstitutional. And uh, anyway, and also the fact that vaccines are waning. Vaccines, I don't know, they've been proven to not be all that effective. They have waned. People still get COVID. So, Keith. So they're extremely effective. The, uh, we're talking about vaccines. Uh, vaccines aren't 100%. No vaccine is. The goal here is to reduce severity of illness. It doesn't mean you're going to avoid getting COVID. There's many people uh, I know who work in this building who've had COVID and they're sure. not yeah. that they're vaccinated. ill. They're yeah. vaccinated, but they're yeah. not that ill. But right. there are people who die who are unvaccinated and people who find themselves in the ICU on, a, on an artificial breathing device. And there's a disproportionate number of people in those situations who are unvaccinated. So don't say the vaccines aren't effective. They're very effective. But again, this was made clear at the beginning. We're not going to get rid of COVID-19. It's going to yeah. be here. We, we have not eradicated influenza 
you know, yeah. you still get influenza. Uh, yeah. But again, with much shorter numbers if you've got the flu shot. But you can still get influenza, but you're not going to die from it. Okay, let's go to James on the line of White Rock. Hiya, James. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Keith, uh, as to what your last caller was saying, I'm a little bit confused. And I'm confused because basically six months ago, Bonnie Henry was saying that everyone should get the third dose, but we're keeping restrictions up. And then they said that the Omicron bypasses the vaccine because it was originally made for the original infection. So, like, I'm, no. I haven't got the third dose because the messaging is all messed up. It's like, well, will it help me? Will it not help me? Is it good against Omicron? Is it good against the original the, the original uh, it's, virus itself? Yes. I mean, why it's, is Pfizer and Moderna uh, trying to revamp this for Omicron if, if the original stuff is still good enough to protect you? So it is good enough to protect you, but the, your immunity does wane, and and again, it depends on your your health condition. It can de- depend on your your age. Uh, older people um, can have their immunity wane quicker than younger people. So again, the third dose, it just it's a booster. It it reinforces your immunity. So it's it's effective against Omicron. But again, no vaccine is a hundred percent. People have to get their heads around this. That just because someone is vaccinated and gets Omicron does not mean the vaccines are ineffective or ineffective. They are very effective. They're keeping people out of the ICUs and they're keeping yeah. people from dying. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you want to take the vaccine? And if you get, if you get this, you know, if you, the people who have the vaccine will typically have a mild. So last week, right? I think about a half dozen MLAs tested positive for COVID-19. Wow. Um, because again, it's just so infectious. I know many people in the last few weeks have tested positive, but they're not that ill. Right. Yeah. They're, they're relatively mild. I mean, they, they're, they're basically most of the people I know have just some fatigue. Yeah. No pain, no fever, just some real serious fatigue and maybe a bit of some, some sort of head brain fog but not requiring hospitalization or not requiring ICUs. And again, right now, it's primarily people over the age of 80 who are presenting the most severe cases. And again, that's because of their age and underlying health conditions. Noreen on the line in Abbotsford. Hi, Noreen. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, Keith. I'm just wondering when I listened to Dr. Bonnie yesterday, um, I'm concerned that people aren't getting their third, and I think they're not getting their third because I think the messaging has been a little bit unclear like mm-hmm. she removed everything and then people think it's gone yep. well yep. you know what i i guess i get it. the people that have sacrificed my job when we went into this it was closed for 20 months i didn't see my family you know where i'm going and it yep. just no, frustrates you're... me and then i'm i listened to her yesterday and i'm like oh my god you can't be pleading for people to do that when you removed everything two months ago Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good no, point. No, that's Thank a good you. point. Right? So I know talking to them and Minister Dix, there is a concern. So we went two years where Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix were front and center in our living rooms, yep. first on a daily basis, then a tw- three times a week basis, then a weekly basis, and then they disappear for a month. And as they disappeared for a month and a half or so, uh, that's when we lifted, she lifted the mandates and we started to gather more. The mass mandates ended. The vaccination requirements ended for restaurants. And so COVID sort of disappeared from a lot of people's minds for a while. And that's the concern I know they have that they disappeared and that makes everybody think COVID's disappeared and right, COVID right. has not disappeared. Yeah. And that's a big reason why yesterday's news conference was held, not to provide us with information so much about health practitioners, vaccination rates. It was to reinforce the message or get the message back on track 
to get your third dose, to get your booster dose. And again, you can't get your fourth dose, which may be coming down the road until you get your third dose. So she may be concerned that people are not getting that third dose clearly, but no indication she wants to put restrictions back no. into place. No, but right. she sort of pointed out uh, things could change in the fall, depending on, uh, but it's not going to change over the summer. The restrictions are gone for now.